the direction I like to take people down is a, a shifting of the entire sexual response system, um, shifting away from this externally influenced, externally stimulated thing to a self-generated um, arousal, a self-generated sexual, sexual spark. Shashi Suna from Tantra Made Easy and I'm bringing something today for all the guys. Well, it's for all the women as well um, in a secondary kind of way. I'm here with Taylor Johnson and he has trained as a tantric facilitator. He's also trained with some of the greatest Taoist masters of the world and pulled together different bits and pieces specifically around the areas of ejaculation, ejaculatory choice for men. Right, so good topic. How did how did you end up choosing this? <laughs> how did I end up choosing this topic? That's it. Wow, man. Yeah. So I I chose this topic because it's something I struggled with a lot as a as a younger person in my early twenties, and I was always really interested in yoga and meditation, and I was always interested in sex from a teenager. And there was this big disparity between them, and there was no connecting point at all. And everybody in the yoga and meditation world was anti-sex almost. Yeah. Nobody talked about it. Nobody <laughs> talked about it. So it was these two areas of my life that I was very into and there was no crossover. Mm. And I was struggling to make love with my partners. You know, I had all mm. these sexual insecurities and I had all these, um, yeah, I just felt inadequate as a man because I would ejaculate often in a minute or less and I didn't know how to overcome that. And mm -hmm. At a certain point, I found a book that mm -hmm. was just thing. It was called Sexual Energy Ecstasy. I don't know if you've heard of it. It starts yeah. with like a 40-page poem about sex and spirit, mm -hmm. and it was beautiful. And it, it lit this light bulb up in my brain. Wow. It was like, oh, there's actually something more that's possible. <laughs> and that started, this, started the journey. Yeah. Wow, fantastic. You know, so many people... Uh, that I talk to, they say there was one book that changed their life. Often that's at Cheers books or the multi-orgasmic woman, multi-orgasmic man. There's like, you know, a book that lets people know there's something different, there's another way, and it's just like a door opens, right? Yeah. And then you know what you start looking for. Totally. Yeah, you know, I didn't read the rest of that book, but it was the, <laughs> the jump-off point. All you need sometimes <laughs> is 40 pages of something, you know. <laughs> you have to go back and read the rest. Yeah. <laughs> So it's so great. So then you began to explore this for yourself, mm -hmm. and presumably the journey shifted for you. How did how did lovemaking change for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's an interesting process. I went through phases of thinking I had it all figured out and getting really in my ego about it, and <laughs> then to failing and face planting and not having any sort of consistency whatsoever mm -hmm. and being confused by it and. Also, somewhere in there in my mid-twenties, like struggling with being addicted to porn and how that impacted my relationship and my own sexuality and my own sexual field. And it was just a, a journey. Until in my late, mid to late twenties, I started to do actual trainings around this stuff. And I started mm -hmm. to take mini Tantra courses just to get my feet wet, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is really amazing stuff. And I found Montak Chia's book. I found all these other, you know, big name books in this world and I thought, this is something I need. This is something I really want to study. Eventually I made my way to your month long course <laughs> a few years ago. It was amazing. 
and I have studied at a bunch of other places too. And at a certain point, I realized that all the books on my bookshelf were related to sexuality or presence or consciousness or something like that, and they weren't related to my other career, which has been a professional photographer for many, many years. And my friends said to me, Taylor, why don't you teach this stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I bet you there's going to be a lot of clicks on this because so many men are asking questions and don't really know where to go. Like, it's, it's at so many, I know so many men who approach me, even though I'm not a woman, it's like there's so much shame and guilt and, and struggle and most of it's kept sort of secret and it becomes this dark secret and the shame, basically shame builds oh, up, yes. which makes it so much more painful. And, you know, it's just not knowing where to go and just say, hey, I've got this problem, what's the way out? Yeah. And before we move on, could, we, could I just ask, so you mentioned porn addiction and I mm. know that this is really a big issue now. Is that something you cover in your courses? Is, do you have a protocol, do you have guidance for men who, um, who are feeling, you know, that they're really losing their life force or their energy into porn? You know, what, what can they do? Do you have any guidance for them? <laughs> yeah, well, nobody has the magic pill. Um, <laughs> but what I would say is in, in one of my courses, I do have a whole module on this. And oh, it's, it's really, really important. And part of what I'm, one of the things I'm really into is a practice called semen retention, which in some tantric traditions is called brahmacharya, and there's a different name for it. Some people call it sexual kung fu or the Tao of loving in Taoist sexuality. And for me, it's it's definitely a practice of being intentional with what I'm doing with my sexual energy and whether or not I ejaculate. And also, it's a practice of noticing where I might be letting my energy go in the rest of my life. Too. Mm. So like energy leakages happen with more ways than just excess ejaculation, right? I could leak my energy through porn, or I could leak my energy through eating way too much sugar, Mm -hmm. or drinking alcohol, or, you know, watching Netflix. And so, I could go, let's see, should I share the protocol? Like, (laughs) Yes. Okay, yeah. So, my personal experience being addicted to porn, the first thing that was really important for me is to actually see the impact of that on my relationship and on my life. And I wrote it down. Um, So I I suggest that if this is something that you're struggling with, take a moment to write down what's happening for you. Because there's something that changes in your brain when your hand goes through the process. And I don't mean on your phone, but like your hand actually creates the letters on a sheet of paper Mm -hmm. and you can see this written down. And it changes something inside. And then for me... It was really important also to to think like, would my, what is my life going to be like a year from today if I keep this up, mm. you know, and write that down too. Mm. And then again, to see that on paper is really impactful. And then, <laughs> then, what would I rather the situation be? You know, what would I want? What is it that I actually want? And write that down too. So that's the first step, and that's a really important piece to frame everything. Mm. Because if you don't have a strong why, there's going to be no reason yeah. for you to do it. And you yeah, really, yeah, need to, yeah, yeah. really need to understand that why from an from a embodied place and more than just the mind. And something about writing it down with your hand will do that. And I like that because it's not about judgment. Oh, I've got porn addiction. I'm bad. I'm wrong. But more like, I'm putting my energy into this thing and I could put it elsewhere. And it's more about empowerment. Like, what do I want to do with my life and my energy rather yeah. than beating yourself up about it. Yeah, and it makes sense that so many of us guys are addicted to porn because porn is created by professional 
videographers and editors who are making it as stimulating as possible for our brains. It's like no human would be able to compare to a screen that's changing scenes every five seconds. That's just yeah. not how sex works. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's normal. I mean, it's to be expected. Right? Yeah, totally. So first, that's the first step. The second step is to have, and for me, and I've found this to be effective with other guys too, the second step is to have an action plan mm -hmm. for what happens when you get that urge to look mm -hmm. at porn because it has an addictive type quality to it. Uh, there's, a, there's an actual physically addictive type pull that will pull you towards the laptop to have you open the screen and even your brain can be watching you do it saying, no, Taylor, don't do this. This is bad for your health. And you type in the porn site and you're like, no, really don't do this. This will fuck up your relationship. And then you do it anyway, you know? And so having a plan of action in place to interrupt that urge mm. has been the thing that has shifted this for me after getting clear on that why. So my personal plan of action, and I still get urges to look at porn, just to be clear, but now I have this plan. So my plan of action is if I get that hook and I notice it, I immediately drop down and I do 20 push-ups. Uh -huh. And then I'll stand up. And, and look at this I just, great body. <laughs> Now we know why. Now, I'll, yeah. <laughs> um, and if the, so, I'll stand up, and then if I still have the urge to look at porn, I'll do fifty jumping jacks. Oh, and then I if I it. still have the urge to porn, I'll do I'll do twenty more push-ups. And then somehow, if I still have that urge to watch porn, I'll go on a twenty-minute run. <laughs> so and you're basically channeling that sexual energy instead of this kind of downward thing, because it's often designed to like pull your energy out of you. Yeah. You're putting it into your physical health instead yes. and you're actually moving it in a more upward mm -hmm. direction because it is energy that happens yeah. when we get that hook to watch porn yeah. there's an energetic shift that happens internally and there is a stimulation there is a rise of, of something you know mm -hmm. of arrows of sexual mm -hmm. energy and you've got to do something with it so i find that physical um physical exercise or in some sort of embodied practice is a really great way for guys to integrate this energy wow, you know, with, so without doing any sort of esoteric anything. Just yeah, do push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> it works. And to this day, I have never, one time I had to go on a run, you mm -hmm. know, but mm -hmm. it's, it's always worked for me. You just have to be committed to interrupting the pattern. Mm, pattern interrupt. I love this. This is really great because I have a lot of guys write and ask me and now I know I can send them to you for this. So I think this is all part of the, it's all wrapped up together, right? Like our culture teaches us here porn this is sex education get addicted to this stuff it you know it's very unrealistic as we know but still it's addictive as you point out but it also is designed to make us peak and come like it's designed to like for this to happen for this build up of energy very intensely and then a release yeah. and so if we want to learn tantric lovemaking we need to actually shift the whole physiology of the nervous system you know, and, and the physical body because it's a whole change in the way that we hold our sexual energy instead of releasing it, right? Yeah. So I, I see how this is totally connected. It's probably, it's probably almost pointless to start learning the ejaculation control without embracing the porn addiction along with it, right? I mean, they're very connected. Yeah, I mean, that would, yeah, it would be analogous to if I wanted to be at my peak health, like working out all the time, but never sleeping. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like you need you need both sides of this equation. Sure. So then, what are the steps for a man? Um, you know, where does he begin to go? Like so many men suffer from premature ejaculation, and and there's so much shame around it. And obviously, 
they all have to come and join your whole course to go through the whole training. But can you can you talk a little bit about what kind of a process they'll be going through and, you know, what are the shifts? Yeah. So different people have different theories on this and different avenues that they take people down, for sure. Um, my... The direction I like to take people down is a, a shifting of the entire sexual response system, um, shifting away from this externally influenced, externally stimulated thing to a self-generated um, arousal, a self-generated sexual sexual spark. And that, that sounds fancy, okay, what does that actually mean? Um, so that means going through a period of time where you basically go through a, a porn fast, you go through a, uh, a, a a series of self-pleasure exercises to come back into your body. You start incorporating breath work, you start incorporating sound and different kinds of movement. And yeah, there are all sorts of fancy visualization things you can do too, but those are almost secondary to just first getting into your body and getting in touch mm -hmm. with your breath and realizing that, oh, my whole body can actually feel pleasure. Mm -hmm. I can feel sexual pleasure in my face. I did, it's not just located in my penis, you know, mm -hmm. it's located everywhere. So those are some of the first steps mm -hmm. before you get into more of the advanced type things. And I find a lot of times for guys, sometimes people who read Montauk Chia's book, it's an awesome book and also it can be a little heady mm -hmm. and um, I, don't know, I think there's some, some practical things to, to touch on first. You've got to get in the body first, yeah. right? Yeah, I've also come across that. You know, I, I first got into a lot of this through Montauk Chia's book, the one for women obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I remember still being in my head and trying to like pull, squeeze, hold, and mm -hmm. not really feeling like anything. How many times do I squeeze the thing? And yeah, then yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Counting and, and thirty-six times and whatever. Yeah. And actually, then I went to his place to study um, there, and suddenly I was doing qigong and feeling mm -hmm. in the body and feeling the energy, and I was like, ah. So I think to a certain extent, the books are good to let you know that it's there, but you really need to uh, do a course or study with someone in person, right, to yeah. to to really get what it's about. Yeah, do some sort of embodied practice. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. With another human. Yeah. <laughs> or guided by another human specifically for this purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this 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 is, you know, definitely the better way to do it. And so um, so they start to get into their into their body mm -hmm. a little more and they've gone on this porn fast. Mm -hmm. And um, you mentioned feeling pleasure throughout the whole body instead of just in the in the genitals. So there's a bit of a reframing happening here, right? For yeah. most most guys. Mm -hmm. It's you know, how do they how do they learn to find pleasure? Like I notice if you ask, you know, a lot of people to to request what brings them pleasure, many people don't even know. You know, so do, is that something you also help guys to to discover their own sensitivity? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's almost as if you know the right questions to ask me. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is a really, this is a very important thing uh, to get in touch with what it is that we actually like. And it can be like learning a new language. I mean, if you're 30 years old, you have... 20 years at least, well really you have 30 years, but 20 years of programming where you're more of a sexual being, you know, mm -hmm. where you've been programmed by all this societal stuff and porn, and that, that needs to be reprogrammed. So mm -hmm. there's this period of time that's, it, you know, when you start to learn a new language, it can be tricky at first. Mm -hmm. Like when you start to ride a bike and you've never done it before, there's a learning curve. So this learning curve is often challenging and discouraging for some people, and it's totally worth going through like for when when I really started to 
to go for it, when I just when I committed to these practices, it took me I think almost three weeks of regular experimentation with self pleasure without fantasy, without porn, without anything like that. Before I was even able to have an erection, mm -hmm. because my system was so used to being stimulated by porn mm. and fantasy and thoughts and external things. Mm -hmm. And for a couple of those weeks, I thought, I am broken, Yeah, you know, or I'm never going to be able to have an erection again. Like, yeah. what's wrong with my system? But, but I had some teachers, you were one of these people, that said, just, just keep going, like, yeah. <laughs> breathe, like, find pleasure wherever. And then sure enough, one day in a morning pleasure session, I had a little bit of an erection. I was like... Hell yeah! <laughs> it's coming back. <laughs> yeah, I, it is something I say. I like to say to people, you know, it's like a switchover from one system to another. It's yeah. not like your normal sexuality becomes tantric. It's that you have to drop all that sexuality that you picked up and that you were attached to and you thought you knew and start again from scratch. And so, yeah, I like to warn people that there's this little period that's almost like oh my god nothing's happening mm -hmm. and you can at that point panic and go back to the old way because something was happening right so that's the little period that i think people need the most support to say keep going mm -hmm. just be with what is yeah. you know and stay present with it you know there's more on the other side it's like a crossover time right yeah <laughs> and one really interesting thing about this for men in particular is that we're resensitizing our body to this other language of sex, which in other words means you're literally becoming more sensitive in your body. So a lot of guys at the beginning phases of this might be, uh, might have more experiences with premature ejaculation or might have a harder time at first mm -hmm. because your system is, is like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. I didn't know how good this could be, you know? <laughs> and so, Sometimes people like jump back from that space and they're like, oh, I'm not doing these practices. Fuck that. Um, but it's, it's important to, to keep going yeah. because it gets better. And then all of a sudden, that pleasure that is more, that because you're more sensitive, that spreads. And then you can start to feel that everywhere else. And it's really magical. This is so great. This is what makes a good teacher, I think, is somebody who can say, not only these are the tools, but these are the things that you'll encounter on the path. And don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about it when you lose your erection. And then don't worry about it when you're premature ejaculation. Keep going. This is fine. This is normal. This is taking you somewhere. I think this is this is the encouragement that people know. Not only the techniques, but the little warnings of the potholes on the road. <laughs> and just a little side note around that. Like, we as men get so much programming that we should be able to have an erection at any point, like any time. We mm -hmm. should be able to go. And that's... That, that actually hurts a lot of us and mm. because sometimes we can't get an erection. Maybe we had a hard day or maybe there's something else on our mind and we have this program that we should be able mm -hmm. to and we can't so then shame comes up and there's all sorts of things you can do in a sexual context without an erection that feel mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can speak to this. I was just going to say something. I'm yeah. going to have a moment. Yeah, and you can speak to this, I'm sure, but like... <laughs> Women don't always need us to have an erection for a beautiful, connected sexual experience. Well, yes, of course. But I was going to say, just like side note for women, if your man can't get an erection and you're being kind of sexual together, like I think it's also important the women don't like complain or demand, but 
this is a beautiful time to worship the lingam. This is a beautiful mm -hmm. time to, to actually kiss it all over and, and rub your face into it and press your heart into it because I think it's important for that conditioning that we pour love into our partner's lingam when, it, when it's soft as well, that we are expressing that physically through our bodies. I think that's really, really helpful. I, I in the past, had partners who've, who've cried when I have done that, and it's like, well, what a relief. There's so much pressure there that we don't even notice as women, you know, it's like really, really there. And yeah, like as you say, of course there are so many <laughs> ways to have pleasure. I mean, that's why we have hands and tongues and holding each other and you know of course of course of course and i think that's a beautiful thing about tantric sexuality that it does focus on more than even just penetration so there's always some intimacy you can have yeah so um can you tell us a little bit about how it changed so we hear about you in your 20s and some porn addiction but you heard of something else and then you started to self-pleasure do practices you went through some rocky periods and um and so if you were to look at the, like, the before and the after, and I know you're still on a path as we all are, but um, what are the shifts, you know, for those who are still back in their 20s <laughs> to porn, who are hearing this podcast and going, what? It's yeah. possible to, to not ejaculate? And we should, we should talk a little bit more about that. Can yeah. you tell us about that? Is it possible to have an orgasm without ejaculating? Yes. <laughs> well, there's so many different directions we could go. Um, just to... Let's briefly do, go into that and then do the other thing. Yes, it is 100% possible to have an orgasm without an ejaculation. I've experienced this multiple times. I will say that there is some confusion around this and generally, well, yeah, generally speaking, the orgasm that you would have without an ejaculation, it's not going to be the same thing as your typical ejaculatory orgasm. It's more of a blossoming. It's more of a... Um, a building like a crest of an ocean wave or something like that versus this like over thing you know you don't have the involuntary genital contractions with this other kind of orgasm and the other kind of orgasm this full body tantric orgasm you could call it could feel a hundred times better um, so it is possible I guarantee I have a video about this it's called my first tantric orgasm check it out yes I go into much more detail about that um, so it exists uh -huh. Yeah. Great. Good that you made a video about it. Yeah, it's public. We'll put the you, link. <laughs> you can find that on YouTube. Yeah. And then your sexuality as a whole, you've had like shifts. Yeah, I would say the biggest the biggest shift for me really happened when I, I, I got, I really understood how much my sexuality impacted everything else in my entire mm. life. There was, I don't remember the specific aha moment. But it was this, this building up and this realization that, wow, how I show up in the sexual context and what I do with my sexual energy, it impacts my business, it impacts the amount of money I'm able, able to make, it impacts my friendships, it impacts mm -hmm. my family relationships, mm -hmm. it literally impacts everything. Mm -hmm. And I think this life is fucking amazing. Like We have this gift to be humans on this planet, and I don't want to just subsist you know i want to thrive and i want to experience all the good stuff that we can experience and i want to help other people experience that too so really it's like how can i be the most alive version of myself that mm -hmm. i want to be and like our sexuality our sexual energy is such at the core of our being and it, mm -hmm. it really hit me in this deep way and i was like wow 
that's it, I'm committed. Mm. I'm committed to this practice, I'm committed to not watching porn, I'm committed to self-pleasure as a daily thing, you know? And daily that, meditation? Yeah, it's, yeah, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's mention the white elephant in the room. Ejaculation itself. Yeah. Should we? Shouldn't we? Is it banned? Is it allowed? Is it, you know, should you never ejaculate for 20 years, 30 years? <laughs> What's your take on ejaculation? Yeah, so the, the perspectives on this are all over the map. Some, <laughs> some schools will say you should only ejaculate for procreation purposes. I don't agree with that. Um, other schools, are, so Dow sexuality, there's there's a specific um, time frame for men that's ideal for them. Like, say if you're 30, it's once ejaculation every 10 days or something like that. I don't remember the exact number. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. But for me, really, uh, I believe that every man that's out there has an ideal ejaculation frequency that fluctuates based on their age and based on other conditions in their life, their overall physical health, mm. um, what the weather is like outside, mm -hmm. you know, and you can only find this through experimentation. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of ejaculation, just by the way. I think it's great. I think it's, a, I think it's a beautiful experience to share with yourself, a beautiful experience to share with a partner. And I think that the issue comes when we just ejaculate out of habituated patterns. Mm -hmm. If we're just mindlessly ejaculating, this is where the problem is for mm -hmm. me. And so I'm about intentional ejaculation. Conscious ejaculation. Conscious ejaculation. And what's yeah. your intention when you ejaculate? Do you have this like... You're making love with your woman and you feel like I'm going to pour my energy into her. Is that a good intention to have? Um, Other could, than making it, a baby? I mean, it could be a great intention. To have. <laughs> so one thing that's shifted for me also in this path is seeing my seed, my ejaculate as sacred and as mm. holy and as like I don't want to waste it like out on a towel or down the drain or something like that. Mm. So yes, maybe on my partner, in my partner or on our bodies mm. or somehow honored in, in a way, because this is coming from my lingam, this is coming from my penis. Mm. It's, it's got it's, your creative energy. In yeah, it, it literally can create powerful. new life. You yeah. Know? There were some Taoist um, priestesses or whatever they were called the white tigresses, and their whole practice was consuming semen. That's it. Mm. And they were, they were women in their 60s who looked like they were 20 because there was so much life force in it. And they didn't have penetrative sex much. They mostly had oral sex and they worshiped semen. They mm. absolutely worshiped it. They put it on their face and their hair, rubbed it in their breasts to keep their breasts all perky and beautiful looking and drank it for health. You can read a book on it. I read that book. <laughs> but you know, like, although I don't aspire to be kind of as full on as a white tigress, I did really love the reframe. Like you said about like ejaculating in a towel, we have this like idea of it, like something disgusting, mop it up with tissues, throw mm -hmm. it away. And actually the tantrics, the Taoists, would see semen as well as all the fluids of a woman as these really sacred substances that, that could create a child that contain this jing chi, this mm -hmm. essence. And so actually, if we reframe that, if we drink it, rub it in, you know, we completely transform our relationships to our bodies as well. Huh? Yeah. So I'm glad that you uh, put that in as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I love the phrase ejaculatory choice. Mm -hmm. So I guess you probably use that one rather than ejaculatory control. Because control can be kind of a bit too like, I'm going to make sure I never ejaculate. And then you yeah. can have more shame, right? Totally. <laughs> and then this is a major problem that comes up for a lot of guys who go down this path is 
is when they get into the sexual experience, it becomes so rigid yeah. and so controlled that the connection between partners isn't actually there. You're so busy you know? focusing You're on... You're so busy focusing on not ejaculating <laughs> yeah. that they're not actually enjoying the sex. Yeah. And really, the way to overcome that is personal practice. Mm -hmm. It's so much about personal practice. Mm -hmm. um, like practicing alone so that when you're with yeah. a partner, you don't have to be so controlling. Self-pleasuring, practicing yeah. breathing, practicing understanding your own curves of pleasure, you know, mm -hmm. understanding your your entire being in that space of sexuality. So when you come into sexuality with another person, you're just that much more articulate. Mm -hmm. you know? So as you're getting turned on and you're self-pleasuring, what, what do you do with all that intensity that normally wants to ejaculate? Yeah, it's a great question. Because it's, you know, it's a buildup of energy, right? And, and we're designed as animals to procreate. We're designed to perpetuate the species of life on this planet. So it's natural that we should ejaculate quickly because it would be evolutionarily advantageous. Mm -hmm. I like that term. <laughs> um, but so for me, when I get into a sexual context with somebody and we start kissing and we start interacting, the first, first thing I do every time is I just start deepening my breath. And I make this breath, I, I'm not just, you know, like that, but I'm actually... you know, getting into the pleasure of it and that mm. action of consistently breathing deeply, it shifts my physiology. Mm -hmm. And a benefit that I didn't realize at first, but women, every woman I've been with so far since I've been doing that has been turned on by me being so into it. Because as men, yeah. we're usually, like, we're stereotypically quiet. Like, yeah. The quiet people in the corner are just like, You know, so when we embody that <sighs> space, like, yeah. it, it, you know, it turns people on. Yeah. Usually. So, <laughs> so breathing, deep breathing and getting into my body is the first step for that. And then if I need to, getting in touch with my intentions around what I do with my sexual energy too. Mm -hmm. And so I decide now when, when I'm going into a sexual context, like whether or not I'm going to ejaculate in that experience. So you know at the beginning. You have an idea at the beginning. I'd say 90 plus percent of yeah. the time. Yeah. Ah, I mean, interesting. And not always, because I like to leave room for the flow of things. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, like, if we don't have that decision or that intention up front, the biological urge to ejaculate is tricky. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it, can, yeah. it, can, it can catch your mind and make you think that you want to. And so many of, <laughs> so many of my most beautiful sexual experiences that I've had have happened after I had that urge to ejaculate. And then I paused mm. and then I did a reframe and realized, Hey, actually I want to keep staying in these waves of pleasure with this person. I don't mm -hmm. want to just peak and crash right now. Mm -hmm. And from making that choice, all these other things opened up in these beautiful realms of, mm -hmm. of almost psychedelic sexual yeah. experiences, you know, <laughs> I think, yeah, actually they can be literally psychedelic. Yeah, I and, think so. There's a lot in the chemistry. Connected and <laughs> tears and heart connection and, and amazing like orgasmic experiences that are a hundred times better than ejaculation, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, the, that biological urge can be tricky. And I find that being intentional up front in the beginning of a sexual experience mm -hmm. helps me stay in connection. So it's good for men who are thinking about this to know that that it's not just about lasting longer, it's not just about female pleasure, it's not just about seeming tantric, but there is actually another 
level of sexual experience on the other side. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, I love that you say that some of the times you've actually held yourself back from ejaculation have been the moments that you've gone to the next level. Because oh, yeah. I think these things are good to know when you're starting out, to know the higher purpose of it all. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, why would you bother? It's good enough as it is. But to know that there's more connection, more expansion, and psychedelic experiences, yeah. free drugs. <laughs> free drugs, better than drugs. <laughs> no and, calm down. And, and one thing, so here's an interesting statistic. I surveyed uh, 600 people within the last year around ejaculation. Wow. It's fascinating, really fascinating. You are the expert. <laughs> <laughs> I love surveys. I'm going to do some more of them. But so this one, this one thing really hit me. I asked the question to women. I surveyed both men and women. I asked women, have you ever been with a man who could last forever in sex? Right? And I was, actually, a surprising number of these women said yes. I think it was like 87%. Wow. But the very interesting thing about this is 90% of those women said that that experience was negative. Because I asked them some qualifying questions about this. I said, okay, so you have had this experience. Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Like what, what happened in there? And 90% of these people said it was negative because, and well, the reasons they gave were that it felt performative. It felt like the men were just trying to show me how, how badass they were. It felt totally disconnected, like they weren't having an actual connective sexual experience. Mm. It hurt. You know, on and on and on, and that was that was a huge eye opener for me. It's like all these women, you know, because lasting as long as you want is like the holy grail at first mm. for a lot of these men and myself before I got there. Yeah, and then to realize like actually there's so much more. Mm -hmm. You know, so the other ten percent of the women who said it was an incredibly positive experience, they all except for one who just wrote you know random feel good words, they all said something about presence and connection mm -hmm. and and shared moments of intimacy combined with that ability mm -hmm. to choose whether or not you ejaculate right so it's not about like if it's taken as another goal another like going to the gym or whatever and like i can last and how many you know how many hours i can last it actually doesn't bring more pleasure necessarily or more connection right. but if it's there for the purpose of having deeper connection, more presence, more consciousness, then it's going to be a really positive experience. Yeah. I remember a teacher of Tantra saying to me that the purpose of, of not coming for men and for women was so that you can reach that moment of ejaculation and rest your consciousness in that. So you build up enough pleasure and enough energy and intensity and stay there. So it's like actually like a meditation of dying, of like expanding, dying, of like and and connecting together with each other in that high intensity space is one of the most bonding things you could do. Somehow that always really stuck with me of like it's not just about not ejaculating. It's very much about having the opportunity to become present with one of the most amazing things in our life, one of the most mysterious and magical things that otherwise is just like <gasps> and gone. So I think this is, um, yeah, this is an important reframe as well. Great, lots of amazing information. I have questions firing at me, but I guess you know people will have men will just have to look in deeper to to your work to mm. find out more. <laughs> but uh, um, I've I've got a little question that, yeah, that comes up a lot, and it's completely practical. What about blue balls? Huh. 
<laughs> because uh, you know, a lot of men say when they start trying not to ejaculate, that's that's a problem. So, yeah. have you found your way around it? Why, yes. why does it happen? It's <laughs> it's real. <laughs> Epididymal hypertension is the actual scientific name for this. <laughs> it's real. It actually exists. I've experienced it. It hurts. It doesn't just hurt in the balls, as you know. It can hurt here, mm. up in your kidneys too, in this whole area. And just a quick aside, women can actually experience this blue ball sensation too. I asked on my Instagram audience, and I was surprised to get like 50 or 60 women saying that they had similar experiences of a buildup and then stagnation of energy. Whoa. Side topic. We can talk about more of that later. So those women can come to my classes. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because ultimately what blue balls is, regardless of gender or regardless of anatomy, is it's this buildup of energy, this buildup of, of jing or ojas or ohas or whatever you want to call it, that's not integrated. Mm -hmm. So it, can, it sort of festers. And in our testicles and in this area of our body, it can just... It can build this pressure, you know, mm. it can start to hurt and ache. And once you start to experience blue balls, really the only way to get rid of them is to ejaculate. Mm -hmm. And start it's, again. And start again. Yeah. You know, something <laughs> something about it. But to avoid them, it's entirely possible. Um, I have sex without ejaculating, usually, and I haven't gotten blue balls in years. Right. And so, for me... So if you're moving the energy... Yeah, for me, that process of breathing deeply... Is very helpful for that. Mm -hmm. Also, if I have sex and I don't ejaculate, I always grab my testicles and squeeze them and massage them afterwards. I massage my perineum. I shake my body a little mm -hmm. bit. Sometimes I do push-ups just to make sure that energy isn't left stagnant in this mm -hmm. part of my body, but that it's integrated. Mm -hmm. And if I've had a really powerful lovemaking session with a lot of energy moving, I might need to do more of that, especially if I get hooked by the urge to ejaculate. But it is 100% possible to avoid blue balls. I've heard of tantric men that stand on their head after sex so that they don't get blue balls. But, wow. you know, I guess you need to be able to do a, a headstand for that. Never tried it. Maybe I will. <laughs> oh, thank you so yeah. much for sharing all of this fantastic information. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy because um, I know there's such a hunger for this knowledge and for a guide like you. Men want somebody to, to guide them through all of these things. It's something that's difficult to talk about sometimes and difficult to reach out for help. And I know you've got tons of resources out there, so that's great. Really wonderful. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Thank you for tuning in and watching. It's been awesome to share this with you and with you. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> I think more people need to talk about it. You know? Totally. Totally they do. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm -hmm.